If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Limbit Opic. This is the Limbit Opic Show on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Very good morning to four minutes past six GMT, which also happens to be uh, winter time uh, in the United Kingdom, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to TNT Radio and me, Lambertopic. You can get involved in the discussion by going to tntradio.live and you'll find a chat which often goes in quite discursive directions. It doesn't always follow what we're saying on the show, but that's how you get the most out of TNT Radio, the home of free speech. Uh, coming up in this hour of two hours, I would remind you we've got uh, our very own Simeon Boykoff uh, who's a fellow TNT presenter the Aussie Cossack uh, he'll be talking about uh, affairs of state of the day uh, then we go across to America to political commentator John Fine uh, to get his take on the interesting result let's call it that in Argentina's uh, presidential runoff vote uh, where the man who was originally considered the outsider has actually got the job. Uh, what does John think about that from an American perspective? And if we have time, we'll talk about uh, the tr continuing travails of his president, uh, Joe Biden. Uh, is he too old to stand for president? That's the question that's being asked again and again. Uh, we'll see what John's uh, review is of Mr. Biden's uh, latest take, his experiences uh, with the Chinese premier. Uh, then we go to Diana Dragomirovich, uh, who is or was the CEO of Australian Medical Network, uh, and actually remains that the and that's Australia's fastest growing health network. And she will be discussing a very concerning matter, certainly for us here at TNT Radio, uh, TNT Television. Uh, and that is the concern that we've actually got uh, the reintroduction of masks and restrictive practices back in line with what we saw during the COVID lockdowns. Now, many people around the world have been awakened by these lockdowns. Why are they coming back? Are they working? Are they discredited? We'll be talking to Diana about that as well. Uh, you can always cause, have your say as well. Go to tntradio.live. Uh, you can have a look at the uh, website there. Uh, love to hear your points of view. Uh, and we'll read them out as well as long as we've got time. You'll also find phone numbers there. If you want to call, uh, you'd be most welcome to join the show. A quick look at some of the very interesting uh, issues which are developing. And these are subjects which I've covered on the show and will cover again. Uh, we've got uh, a, a rather worrying situation where the defence whistleblower could plead guilty after an appeal rejected. But well, we actually know that David McBride has lost a high stakes legal bid uh, to scrap a judge's ruling that he couldn't argue he was duty bound to disobey orders uh, in the public interest. Uh, we covered that last week as well. It's not clear where that will finally end up. Uh, and uh, <laughs> The issue here, certainly for us here at TNT Radio, is whether this is actually a gagging order on free speech. Uh, TNT is all about free speech, and that's a concern uh, which the David McBride case uh, causes reverberations for all across Australia. I wonder what you think about that. Is it right to whistleblow, to directly obey orders at times if you think in, uh, it's in the public interest? You let me know. Uh, and that's not the only thing that's been in the press. I'll just mention one other one. We probably won't have time to talk about uh, in detail, but I was watching cricket. I don't normally do that. Congratulations, Australia. You are the world champions. <laughs> you beat Indian. What wasn't 
in the end, a very close uh, race, to be honest with you. Uh, you absolutely stormed it. Uh, so even if you weren't supporting uh, cricket as a national sport, you should do now because you've done something Britain never really does these days. You won a final. Uh, so congratulations, one and all there. Uh, if we do get time, we'll get some reaction there. Perhaps you want to give us reaction. Go to the TNT site. Love to hear what you have to say. All of that and anything else that's on your mind, you can raise it on the phone calls, on, sorry, on the phone numbers and you can make a phone call or indeed also in the chat and remember last friday we had a first here on the show uh i actually spoke with one of the very regular chatters who calls himself madrid about the plight of his daughter who was marked down apparently for giving what seemed to me a truthful answer about the non-existence of the climate crisis uh it's something that's probably i'm going to take on as a campaign now working with the parent uh, to see if it's an inbuilt prejudice in the British education system, which is misleading children, which is misinforming them, the exact opposite of what our education system should be doing. If you've got a course celebra, if you've got an issue that you would like us to raise for you, then get in touch. And to the best of our ability, we will do that. Just get in touch with TNT. I'm Len Topic. This is TNT. It's the stuff. What citizen wouldn't want to make American great again? People are talking about. Vilifying MAGO is just not going to work. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Joining me now at nine minutes past six in the morning, it's the ever-ready Gemma Cooper. Good morning, Gemma. How was your weekend? Morning, Lambert. Yeah, my weekend was good. It was my final... Um, module of my first year of my psycho-spiritual counselling. It's a real thing. It might sound a little bit out there, but it's a real professional qualification. And I am doing it in Glastonbury here in the UK, very esoteric place. And uh, yeah, we all finished our first year. So it was a uh, bittersweet and we handed in our coursework and we all had a bit of a party and uh, we'll all see each other again in, in January when we start the next year of training. So yeah, it was a good weekend, but a little bit uh, uh, work orientated, but I don't mind at all. What did you study in that before we get into the news? Uh, it's it's a uh, it's lots of different disciplines actually um, in terms of therapeutic approaches, things like Jung, looking at your shadow, looking at your inner child. But also, it takes things from Buddhism. It takes things from lots of different teachings and applies them to becoming a qualified counselor therapist. So you bring in lots of different disciplines about the human condition and what we really are and and your and your subconscious and your conscious mm. it's a really in-depth we could do a whole day on tnt about what i'm doing <laughs> doesn't bear any relation to the news whatsoever it's completely different um but very fulfilling and i'm looking I, forward i won't be qualified for four years so i've got plenty of time <laughs> except in one sense the holistic approach you're taking strikes me as a rather more healthy approach than sticking stuff in your arm all the time it seems to be the antithesis of lockdown and and vaccines uh, a, a form of self-healing i suppose it is exactly that you'd be very good lambert you'd be very good it takes <laughs> the exact opposite view to the modern world of how we should look after ourselves and each other um, and there is a holistic mm. approach you're absolutely right it's the opposite to you know if there's something wrong with you just go to a pharmaceutical company mm. no if there's something wrong with you sit down talk it out with another human being and decide on your own ways to, to treat yourself in any aspect of your life not just health but in your relationships your work your money and that's exactly right you've nailed it mate well done monday well, morning top, top marks <laughs> I've been up for quite a few hours. And in that sense, it's very relevant to what we do here at TNT, trying to create a more holistic approach to the news and also to life. But as you say, that's not the news. What do you have for us in news times? 
Well, it's interesting what you were talking about at the top of the show there about uh, young people and indoctrination and, uh, you know, people in uh, young people in schools, kids in schools being talked, you know, propaganda about climate crisis, putting the fear of God in them all, the poor little things. Um, and this is this is relevant. This is a story that's broken in the UK this morning, um, and it's about big tech, but actually it's it's being launched in in America. This story has come from America, but it's making the headlines here in here in the UK. Um, hundreds of families uh, in America are suing Silicon Valley um, because they say they've been knowingly exposing children to um, very harmful products and addictive products. Um, it's the, one of the biggest lawsuits that have, of its kind to be brought against big tech. Uh, and hundreds of families and school districts actually in parts of America are suing Meta, obviously the owners of Facebook, uh, TikTok, Google, and Snap Incorporated, which owns Snapchat. Um, and they're saying one plaintiff, there's a very moving case study, said that she felt trapped by addiction from the ages of 12 to 21. She lost her entire kind of adolescence and, and young adulthood to these products. Um, and the families as well, they're also using the example of the um, UK schoolgirl Molly Russell, who tragically committed suicide, took her own life mm. um, after being exposed to self-harm and suicide sites online and they they watched her in, in inquest into her death here in the UK from live from Washington uh, and to see if they could use any of her tragic uh, death in as, as evidence against big tech um unsurprisingly the big tech firms have come out completely all guns blazing saying that they put the young people's safety at the heart of everything they do that they and they also wanted to use the free speech Interestingly, we talk about free speech here on TNT. Um, they wanted to use free speech saying, well, look, you know, we should be allowed to put whatever we want on our on our platforms. We're not publishers. Um, free speech, you know, it's up to people to behave responsibly. The judges said, no, you're not going to use the free speech argument in this one. And the families have kind of won this victory to push on because uh, it's quite a big thing to do. You know, take on big tech. It's, this, this is how we live our lives now. Um, so this story is kind of like making headlines for this very reason. Um, and it's interesting that they're saying, you know, they want to use freedom of speech as a defense, saying, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of speech, we can put this content out there. And yet when we try and buck the system and say things, they clamp down on us and censor us and say it's disinformation. So the hypocrisy of the big tech firms in this instance, but they seem to be rather jangled by this. And if the families win, obviously it opens the floodgates for families all around the world to then follow suit and, and use this as a, as a precedent. Um, but, you know, big tech and, the, and its influence on our lives and, you know, it's very difficult to monitor your child in, in the bedroom and what they're watching and who they're communicating with. So this is a big one, and I'd be interested to see how it plays out. Uh, as you say, it's wonderful one and any rule that suits them for the establishment. <laughs> and when you see these kinds of arguments, it really lays bare the collusion between politicians and big tech. Are they going to win in the end? I, I don't know if they're going to win. I would hope that they would uh, have some kind of success and that the judge has already said to the, you know, going up against Meta and saying, no, your free speech is not a, a defence with this. You cannot just, basically what the judge is saying is, you know, you, you can't just put anything out there and, and call it free speech because people are dying. So that she seems, she seems to think that there is a case here to push forward. The families are absolutely delighted, uh, but it's free speech for them when they're putting out harmful content. But when they deem us, People like us to be putting out harmful content. Boom, you're gone, aren't you? You're shadow banned, your algorithms, all of that stuff. So it's just, you know, 
can they not see themselves? It's a rank hypocrisy, but it's just this pernicious influence of tech and what is on these platforms. I'm not on any social media. I find it absolutely disgusting. I, I don't like it. Even when I dip in and out of little telegram feeds, which is not quite social media, after a while, I feel a bit grubby and I think I just want to go for a walk with the dog. It does have an effect. And I'm a grown woman and I'm quite relatively together. And, you know, if you're young and you're easily influenced, what is what are they looking at? And it's not just the harmful content. It's the relentless comparison between your friends and and the and the bullying that can go on and the you know you don't look perfect enough on a, on Snapchat and all that mm. stuff that has a huge effect on young people's self esteem so I don't think it's even that you have to look at self harm websites and suicide websites to feel pretty depressed. These we ones a, also taking that approach. In 1978 or so, when I was 12, 13, I had to use the one phone landline in my parents' house to talk to people. There was no social media. There was no pressure to conform to a million pictures of what you're supposed to look like. I suppose in one sense, the information has become more available, but so has conformism, because I suppose you have to, if you're a teenager, follow these things or you're left out. And also, if, if that's your experience of younger people. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't have children, but I know plenty of people that do. And I, I think when it was the Snapchat first came out, um, one of my friends said that her daughter was just like constantly in her bedroom perfecting her pout so that she looked good on Snapchat and Instagram and all this stuff. And I was like, really? Is that what kids are doing now? And she was like, yeah, they're just addicted to these phones. It's really difficult to get them off their phones. But then, you know, we're, we're, we collude in it. We we buy kids' phones. It's a big deal. And you don't want your kid to be left out. The conformism. When, when, when I was young, it was, did you have the right pair of trainers? That was it. Now it's like, you know, what kind of phone have you got? What images are you uploading? And it is this merging of young minds as well with the digital world and technology. And that we know on TNT that is leading to the transhuman agenda whatever that decides to finally happen. Um, but these families are kicking back. They're kicking back against the big firms. And I wish them in America every success with this because I would love to see them win. Uh, my fear then will be that the limitless coffers of the big companies will simply find another way through or even lean on the authorities to make an amendment to the law, the way that the British wanted to just amend the law when they lost uh, a case about random refugee uh, transportation last week. Though public pressure, I think, seems to have stopped that. Um, is it not possible they'll just find a new way to wriggle through? Yeah, of course it is, because money talks. Money talks, absolutely. Mm. Um, you know, you can lobby the government, you can get whatever you want. Look at Big Pharma, you know, you can get the whole world to lock down if you if you lobby hard enough and throw enough money at it. And the big tech firms are no different. And of course, mm. the last three and a half years, uh, people died and people are dying as a result of big tech now. Um, they're, 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 they're coming out, you know, they're really, I'm looking at some of the statements, you know, that they're, they're vehemently defending themselves and saying, you know, if, if your kid commits suicide, it's nothing to do with us. Like basically putting the blame back on the parents, blame if your responsibility, if you want to call it that. Um, so they, they're scared. But yeah, you know, laws can be changed at the drop of a hat, can't they? But whether the public pressure would influence this one as well, you talked about Rwanda there, you know, you're talking about families lining up together with school districts. So there might be enough strength of feeling to say to the tech companies, no, can't change the law, you know, take some responsibility for what you are doing to the planet. You can't, can't escape tech anywhere now, can we? I, I don't want to be pessimistic about it. We're going to win. 
We're going to make it work this time. That's what keeps me going. That's what makes me get up at 3.30 in the morning, Gemma. And you will be right at the front there with your spiritual crusade as well as your news one. Thank you. That's Gemma Cooper. She'll be back in about 15 minutes. What do you think of what you've heard? Is it possible to take on the establishment, the big pharma, the big authorities and win? Or is it a one-way asymmetric battle? I'm an optimist. I think there are changes, but I want to know what you think. So you contact me at tntradio.live, give your views in the chat, or you can phone in as well. All of that with me, Lempitopic, here on TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. I don't know if you're aware of the so-called protests that took place at the gates of the White House, where uh, red paint, supposed to be blood, was uh, thrown at the uh, gates. The gates were being um, grabbed and and shaken back and forth. Uh, You had F Israel painted on uh, on the wall of a building. You had a statue in Lafayette Park defaced. You also had chants of F Joe Biden. And yet, with all that, and I think of January 6th, and there were some people who deserved to be arrested, certainly on January 6th, but they're still going after people who simply walked into that building and did nothing. Uh, and yet you had one person arrested during that whole episode that I just described in Washington, D.C., at the gates of the White House and in Lafayette Park over the weekend, Saturday. It sounds pretty incredible. The Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. While serving in Vietnam, a grenade took my ability to see. Today, I'm a sculptor creating new visions. Now, my fingers are my eyes. As a veteran, I know the challenges of life can be great. In my art, turning a lump of clay into something beautiful, that means a lot to me. Life is like that. We each must use what we can to make things better. DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. Now, I show others how they can create something with their own hands. With support from DAV, more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the world. Michael Naranjo, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Plug in. Website TNTradio.live. Check it out. Today's News Talk Radio. It's the coolest. TNT. Good morning to you if you're in the United Kingdom. 22 minutes past six. GMT. Obviously, afternoon to you in Australia. And I think I'm the only person who cares about the fact Australia won the Cricket World Cup uh, yesterday. Congratulations, commiserations to those listeners in India. Uh, but uh, let's go to somebody else who always wins, always scores a six, knocks it out of the park. Fellow TNT presenter, the Aussie Cossack himself, it's Simeon Boykov. Simeon, good afternoon to you. And I know it's pointless to say this to you, but congratulations on the cricket. Do you care? Well, look, uh, thank you. I'll take uh, that congratulations for what it's worth. But of course, uh, as with a lot of the mass sport in Australia, I believe, and I've said this many times, that it's a great designated distraction to keep the masses focused whether it be on the AFL or the cricket or the NRL, keep people entertained, keep them tuned, so they ignore the real issues going on. Meanwhile, Australian troops are being killed overseas and no one seems to notice or, or talk about it. Where's that then? Are you saying Ukraine? Well, this story really should have been broken months ago because it was trying to uh, they were trying to keep it a secret, the fact that uh, this Australian man uh, Matthew Jepson, known as Jeppo, uh, was killed last month 
in the Avdiivka region of the Donetsk People's Republic. Some of the fiercest fighting has been going on there in recent times. But uh, this Australian mercenary was a former Australian Army uh, serviceman. Uh, he was killed uh, with other foreign soldiers, foreign mercenaries. Let's call them mercenaries because that's exactly what they are, by Russian artillery strike. Now, the government and the family of this man from Townsville, from far north Queensland, tried to keep this a secret for a little while. Uh, unfortunately for them, the word got out. Uh, the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade spokesperson uh, confirmed that they were providing consular assistance to the family of an Australian died in Ukraine. But of course, Australia does not have an embassy or a consulate in Ukraine anymore. Uh, they evacuated when the conflict began. Uh, New Zealand does, and New Zealand's honorary consul in Kiev has been overseeing the matter in place of uh, the Australian diplomats who are absent from Ukraine. Also amongst uh, the dead mercenaries in that group of uh, mercenaries who were killed was a former United States Army uh, member identified as Joel David Beale. And this is part of a unit that I was serving in, which is uh, a unit made up of uh, mercenaries. It's known as the Chosen Company, which was assigned to the 59th Motorized Brigade of the Ukrainian Armed Forces. Now, I'd love to offer my condolences, but I will not. And I will say that anyone who wants to be a mercenary and take up arms and travel to fight against Russia will be killed. It's a bad idea. Don't do it. Why do people do it is the question. Well, one thing could be because they want to make a bit of extra cash, but that's highly unlikely. I think yeah, the main reason is is that the media, the mainstream media, was actually grooming people, grooming uh, former Defence Force personnel, veterans with combat experience to go over there, and they're recruited online. Uh, they, they are attracted with the prospect of going for a nice trip for a safari, and they're... Uh, understanding it's going to be an easy ride they're going to go to russia or ukraine and fight people and kill people and it's going to be like in the movies but of course when they get there they realize that 90 percent of the casualties in this war are from artillery that you may be a good soldier you may be a good infantryman you may be able to shoot accurately but you have absolutely no chance when you are up against the full force of the russian military so what these mercenaries don't understand is that their country, Australia in this instance, or whether it be United States or Great Britain, wherever else the mercenaries come from, they're pouring into Ukraine, they will not back you up, right? They will not back you up. And although the Australian government has provided its deepest condolences and the Defence Department has offered uh, support to personnel who have been uh, serving with this uh, mercenary by the name of Jeppo, his call sign, there is no official recognition you will be considered a mercenary and you won't go down in history as a hero you can forget about it uh, and it's a stern stern warning now this is not the first australian casualty to leave australia and go to the war zone there's been uh, altogether from open sources we know of 33 australians bonsa matthew lee goch nathan chuk shin goldthorpe lincoln fink emil mckerney philip timothy nureen abdel fatah peterson david michael o'neill Artyom Kulhavets, Matt Rowe, Jed Danahe, Maxim uh, Grinenko, Brian Williamson, Trevor Kildale, Mark Ellerbrook, Sage O'Donnell, Caleb List, Felix Matricus, David Savage, Brock Greenwood, Nick Marion, Dmitry Ishinko, Craig Ellery, Daniel Newman, Adam Smith, Matthew Jepson, who we just mentioned, 
Jared Tomasi, Russell Allen Williams, Wilson, Joel Benjamin Stremski, Scott Bailey, Aik Chudeng, Reno Smith, Mitchell Johnson. These are Mitchell Jordany. These are just what we know of. Now, we know there are many more mercenaries who traveled there undetected and were killed undetected. There are no Australian mercenaries who were taken prisoner because, as with many of the other mercenaries, even if they do get in a situation where they're able to surrender or be captured by Russian troops, the Russians have a policy. When it comes to mercenaries, when it comes to Nazis or mercenaries, there is no negotiating. There's only one way it's going to end. So it's a stern warning for anyone thinking about traveling to that war zone in particular. This is not East Timor. This is not Iraq. This is not Palestine. This is not Afghanistan when you're fighting against locals with improvised weapons. You're fighting against the full brunt of the Russian military. Do yourself a favor. Save your life. Stay home. Stay in Townsville. Stay wherever you came from. Enjoy your Centrelink. Enjoy your army pension if you're uh, old, uh, if you're a veteran and you've been serving in the military. Don't ruin your life by traveling to a country who will not actually even appreciate the fact that you have uh, given up your life. Sorry to say, but for nothing. There is no condolences. The DFAT gives condolences. Why? Why is the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trading in Australia giving condolences? We don't want because, to set a precedent. Because it's the conventional thing to do. If you don't think it through, it sounds like the right thing to do, I suppose, Simeon. They don't think about the deeper political implications and actually potentially the inconsistencies in what they've done. Well, absolutely. And it's 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 amazing to see that even New Zealand has recorded 17 mercenary deaths I mean, a small country like New Zealand. And this is all, as I said earlier, in my opinion, the result of the mainstream media, the result of the fierce propaganda, which was unleashed in, in the beginning of uh, the special military operation against Russia all over uh, social media, through the mainstream media. They're popularizing the idea and um, making these mercenary types into some type of heroes. It's a great idea. Go to Ukraine, get yourself killed. You know, I, I may sound like the only adult in the room where I say it's a bad idea. You won't hear the Australian government say that. They have this passive support to these mercenaries. They don't admit it openly. They don't openly encourage it. In fact, their official position is do not travel there. That's the official advice. But the area has not been declared as a declared zone, whereas Iraq, Syria, uh, with ISIS and uh, the ISIS-linked uh, groups and different militias in that area, they were declared. So if you traveled there, you'd be arrested on coming back home. Right, you would even have uh, some very serious legal implications, and in fact, there are people now in Australian prisons serving time for foreign fighter offences. But when it comes to Ukraine, it's not considered a declared zone. Some of these people that have travelled there as mercenaries actually return back to Australia or New Zealand. Most notably, uh, our audience may be uh, very unpleasantly uh, reminded of a man called Brenton Tarrant, who is currently serving time for the massacre in Christchurch where he uh, stormed a mosque and killed um, dozens of people. Well, guess what? He was also trained in Ukraine. He returned from Ukraine into New Zealand, beautiful, peaceful town of Christchurch, to commit that massacre. So the government needs to take responsibility for every single incident from a returned extremist who served in the Azov Battalion, in the Ukrainian Battalion, and any Nazi-linked groups over there committing atrocities. And if they're not killed, if they somehow manage to survive and come back, to Australia, to New Zealand, to Great Britain. Would you want to be living next door to somebody like that? Would you want yeah. to, that person to be, you know, in in um, the supermarket next to you? You wouldn't know who it is, yeah. but you'd know that that person has had significant combat experience. They've been radicalized in these Nazi groups who openly parade 
swastikas, Nazi insignia. Brenton Tarrant, the New Zealand, as they call him, shooter, but really he should be called a terrorist, but just because he's not Middle Eastern doesn't mean he can't be a terrorist. He had uh, Ukrainian insignia on his weapons. So that's something to be mindful of. And again, no condolences to this latest casualty. It's a bad idea. Do not fight the Russians. And, uh, and ignore the romanticization uh, implicit in the media coverage, certainly in the UK, of those Brits who've chosen to go to fight. Thank you, Simeon Boykoff. What do you think about this? Uh, Simeon, fellow TNT presenter, uh, is warning us against the perils of going to fight in Ukraine. Uh, have you? Do you know someone who's been tempted? What do you make of the coverage of that? Let me know here at tntradio.live. Uh, uh, you can have your comments in the chat or you can phone in as well. After this, we're going from Australia to America uh, to speak to political commentator John Fine about what's just happened in Argentina and what Joe Biden did next. All that with me, Lambert Topic, here on TNT Radio. Question. What are you guys doing today? The news. Now, TNT Radio News. Sounds good. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Elon Musk has threatened to file a thermonuclear lawsuit against US media watchdog Media Matters, accusing the far-left group of launching a smear campaign against his social media site X. Disturbing footage has emerged of US President Joe Biden walking up to a six-year-old girl and complimenting her ears before asking if she was 17. And Texas Governor Greg Abbott has officially endorsed Donald Trump for president. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. Lebedopic here at 06.33 in the morning, uh, GMT, Greenwich Mean Time. And wherever you are in the world, uh, from the UK to Australia, you're welcome on the show. This is the home of free speech. If you want to have your say, then go to tntradio.live and make your comments in the chat, or you can phone up as well. You'll find the numbers there. Uh, I'm here for the next hour and a half or so, so you haven't got long, but I'd love to hear your points of view. Uh, let's go from Australia now to America, to a political commentator, uh, a political scientist as well, uh, uh, and writer John Fine, uh, who joins us from the United States. Uh, good morning. It must be middle of the night for you, John. <laughs> yes, well, yeah, middle of the night, early morning. It, it, it's one of those. It's five o'clock somewhere. You're the political sentinel. You never sleep. <laughs> not just yeah. politics. A couple of things to ask you about. I'm not sure if you saw the fact that the new Argentinian leader, Javier Millet, uh, has said that he wants the, the uh, Argentina to adopt the American dollar as its national currency. What do you make of that? Um, well, no, I haven't seen that. That uh, <laughs> actually, that would be good because it helps it helps with our economy. So, uh, uh, for Americans anyway, that would be a good thing. The more people that adopt our currency, of course, uh, helps improve the economy. So. It's quite a turnaround. It wasn't long ago that uh, Argentina and the United Kingdom were at war. And now, that 1982, in fact. And now it looks like uh, their premier is quite keen on cuddling up to, to America. Uh, he is quite a radical. Uh, just generally speaking, uh, they've got a 142% inflation rate. Can you ever, ever imagine America getting into a state like that? Yeah, I can, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> due to a lot of overspending, and it's mostly from the Democratic Party. Of course, 
the the Republicans are always conservatives and they're always trying to pull back and not spend the money. And whereas, uh, well, you know, the Republicans are going to spend money, they're going to spend it on defense. But whereas Democrats, they like to spend money on everything and and money we don't have. You know, actually, they're spending other countries' money, all them people that are investing in American dollars. (laughs) That's whose money they're spending. (laughs) <laughs> the, the 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 line about uh, Javier uh, Millet is that it's he's a Trump like libertarian, uh, which brings us neatly into what's going on in America at the moment. I understand that Trump is charged with something like ninety one different offences, but the reason we got you on is because the breaking story is he's still leading sleepy Joe Biden in the polls. How can that be? Yeah, he's not only leading in the polls, but he's. He's about 40 points, uh, 40 to 50 points higher than Joe Biden in the polls. Uh, Well, Trump is a very popular president. Uh, He was a popular president uh, uh, before he ran against Biden. Uh, And uh, there are still many here in America that believe that he won against Biden, that they we don't uh, we, we think that our election system has been compromised. And uh, there's been a lot of governors try to get uh, uh, in front of that compromise. And they put a lot of stuff in place like voter ID and uh, changing out different ways of the way we vote. And hopefully that will uh, yield some better results for the next election coming up. But but Trump remains very popular in America with uh, about 65 percent of Americans support Trump. And that's over half. So I'm I'm not I heard you right. But I can't independently corroborate those claims. You're telling me that and you're telling TNT radio listeners that Donald Trump is 40 percentage points ahead of Biden. Really? Yes. That's that's phenomenal. It it would suggest that Trump's own analysis uh, when he claims he's victim of a witch hunt, is being bought by, if your figures are right, a majority of the American people. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. They they think that, that what the Democrats are doing is a witch hunt. Uh, it, it's totally unprecedented. Uh, it's not... Uh, our Constitution has guarantees in it that says that they won't do this to a United States president. And... And so the fact that they're doing it and getting away with it, um, uh, that in itself amazes me because uh, I I personally believe it has no legal precedence. Uh, I I just read where another one of the charges, another batch of charges that they have brought up against him have been dismissed as unconstitutional. Uh, a, a batch before that were dismissed as unconstitutional. And technically, if when it's all done and did, they all should be dismissed as unconstitutional. Uh, uh, but they're I, trying to d- go ahead. No, sorry, I'm only talking of you because ABC News said in September 23, it's all I can find quickly, uh, that Trump leads Biden 51-42. I mean, it's still in the direction you say, not quite as big a, a change as, as you said, but... Uh, that's, uh, not, that's not That's not. what the... If you go in and look at the independent polls, 
uh, Biden stands at uh, less than 20 percent and Trump is around 65 percent. The last time I checked. That's and, homework and that's not what to. news. That's what not news outlets report, uh, unfortunately. But they'll report one group of people, and it's usually a group that's biased, uh, mm-hmm. especially those who are Biden supporters. The news uh, news outlets that are Biden supporters. I wish we had uh, independent news outlets like TNT, but we don't have those here in the United States. We have uh, people who are biased, and they say what the politicians want them to say the interior so, is available all over the world now so there's a there's a light of hope for you we're beaming truth yeah. as best we can express it which is why you're on the show of course now over the weekend there's been quite a lot of debate as often about the age of john of um, joe biden and that seems to be something that dogs him all the time more gaffes he he's uh, said various things which are quite obviously erroneous is he going to stand because after this weekend i got the feeling that there was quiet rumbling in the democrat party about his candidature yes actually the democrats don't want him to run but because uh, you know technically they they have no way they could win against this president uh, him running as president because he's been publicly embarrassed not only here in the united states where he's publicly embarrassed himself by things that you said, but but uh, internationally too. Uh, you know, I recently took a trip to Baku, uh, Azerbaijan, and uh, and I stopped in uh, I stopped in Turkey, Istanbul, uh, on my way there. And in both places, I had people. You know, they come up to me and say, "You're American." And I said, yes. And they said, your president, he he's he's crazy. There's something wrong with him. He's mental, you know, and I'm sitting there like, uh, 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 you know, and I didn't even know these people. And they just coming up to me, you know, because they could obviously see that I'm an American. But uh, yeah, it's uh, and so. I don't think he has a chance to win as president. I think the Democrat leaders know that. But they really don't have anybody to put in place. Is there anything which will stop Trump, Donald Trump, from being the Republican candidate, John? Even if he gets, for example, found guilty of some of these charges? Well, I personally don't think that he will get found guilty. I think they'll all be dismissed as unconstitutional. But yet, no, there's nothing that'll stop him unless he works out some kind of deal with, like, say, Ron DeSantos. Ron DeSantos is another strong candidate in the Republican Party. He's not as strong as Trump. Trump has got much more support. Uh, you know, Ron DeSantos is not that much different than Trump. The only difference between the two is uh, Ron DeSantos knows how to play the political game a little bit better than Trump does. Yeah. You know, Trump Trump has a way of being very like me, uh, very honest. So, <laughs> you know, and and people don't like honesty sometimes. <laughs> but John, the answer is obvious. John Fine for president. You could have yeah. Trump and, <laughs> Trump and DeSantis as, as your running mates, 
a job sharing yeah. vice presidency. <laughs> um, I believe you. if I ran for president, I'd be like Trump. I'd be getting in trouble a lot because I'd be too honest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your honesty. That's what we really respect here at Team T Radio and do keep doing it. We'll probably speak to you very soon again. Uh, Joe Biden's the gift that keeps on taking from America's reputation, I think. Uh, really appreciate yeah. you being up in the middle of the night. That's John Fine, a political commentator in the United States. What do you think? Do you believe that Joe Biden has a chance of winning? If he does stand, will he stand? And what about Donald Trump? Could he even lose his legal cases and still be the president of the United States? Let me know. Uh, all of that with me, Len Topic here on TNT Radio. Coming up next, we've got Diana Dragomirovic, uh, and we'll be speaking with her about some very interesting and perhaps uh, worrying developments about COVID mandates rearing their ugly heads in Australia again. All of that with me, Len Topic here on TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Once again, I'm going to quote from my buddy Mark Marano's Climate Depot. This is just unbelievable what I see going on at this summit between Biden and the Chinese government. As a matter of fact, the most alarming thing is that John Kerry was anywhere around that place. These two guys and their administrations have been bullying the United States of America over a problem that even if it existed, we have very little to do with it. Australia, UK, you have nothing to do with it. Canada, you have nothing to do with it. Seriously, if you look at the amount of CO2 you put in the air compared to total CO2, it truncates to zero. Now, who is the biggest polluter, if you want to call CO2 pollutant? It's China. So expert raise alarm after Biden strikes climate agreement with China to shut down fossil fuels. What, what kind of insanity is this? China thumbs their nose and laughs at the rest of the world. And guess what? It's our fault they do it. You know why? They know darn well that this is not a big disaster. They know darn well they have to push forward their population. I mean, I realize China's in bad shape as far as freedoms go, but they are trying to work in their own whatever manner to try to create more freedoms and more prosperity for China. So of course they're going to sit there and try to stop the United States. And these guys just walk right into it. It's disgusting. Americans are letting a guy and his buddy John Kerry bully them over a situation they have precious little to do with. Let me read you the facts. CO2 is 0.042% of the atmosphere. Man is responsible for 3 to 5% of that. The United States is responsible for 10% of that total. Australia, Canada, the UK, about 1%. Essentially, it's nothing. Much ado about nothing. They weaponize weather in a phony climate war. It's unbelievable. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog Meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. I need to go get my rabies shots. I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14, and I watched her struggle. But MDA helped her get the best treatments and care, and they also helped kids like my buddy Ethan. My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. 
from day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. AMDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at mda.org today. You're with Lembit Opic on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. 13 minutes to 7, Greenwich Mean Time. Good afternoon to you in uh, in Australia and good morning and good night all over the world. Uh, a few comments now from the chat, which you can join at tntradio.live. Uh, referring to my chat with Gemma Cooper earlier on about free speech and restrictions, uh, Mark Delaney says, no, Gemma, it's just endorsing the online safety bill. Don't fall for it. Online safety bill is a really problematic piece of legislation, which we've covered before and we will cover again here TNT Radio. Uh, and uh, uh, there are a couple more here. Um, oh, some of you got two chat rooms. I'm sure you can sort that out, Holly. <laughs> it's not going to be too much of a problem. Uh, uh, looking at uh, uh, a couple of other points here, um, Holly is again asking, is, is it really true that uh, that uh, Donald Trump's at 65% in the polls? Well, that's what John Fine's saying. I challenged him on that, but he says that's apparently what the independent polling is saying. Uh Holly adds, perhaps it's now clear that America has finally woken up to the lies of the Biden administration um, and uh, still not sure about the orange man, though. Fair enough. And uh, bonus here says, being truth as best we can do it. Thanks, uh, Epic. Maybe you mean Opic, I don't know, and TNT. Keep your calls and comments coming. Now, let's go back to a subject which is beginning to be become very concerning to those who question how lockdowns and COVID were handled. Uh, it states now that apparently uh, surging COVID cases see the first public health me measures introduced since Western Australia's state of emergency. What's going on? Why is it happening? What's the case for it? Joining me now is Diana Dragomirovic, uh, CEO of Australian Medical Network, Australia's fastest growing health network. Uh, Diana, thanks very much for joining us on TNT Radio. Great to meet you, Lambert. Thank you for having me. Uh, first of all, just tell us about your business. What's it do? And then we'll talk about COVID. Sure. Uh, so the Australian Medical Network it formed since it's been around since 2020 and it, it came about as a result of COVID. And we identified a gap in, in the Australian, I guess, practitioner health market where practitioners were concerned with their voice not being heard. And we wanted to join practitioners and patients. So there's more of a collaborative effort in access to health, health delivery, and the opportunity for people to actually uh, present research that um, is unbiased. Okay, so it's right in the heart of what we're discussing today, which I guess means that you're professionally qualified to comment on this next question. What is being proposed or implemented in Western Australia and why? From our members and our network in WA, from what we understand is that the initial step is to bring in masks into the hospitals. And so what, what we have to think about here is why is this happening, like you're saying, Lebron? And if we look at research, I think that can point 
us into the right direction. So we had in 2020 the Cochrane Review, which said that masks were of little, would, get, would provide little, I guess, um, protection against COVID. And then it also said that hygiene, hand hygiene, would also maybe help. Now, if we look at other research, um, masks uh, fall under also. There was research done by, and I'll, I'll look to my notes, by a lady called Evelyn Beriaren et al., who um, they did a paper on titanium dioxide particles which frequently present in face masks. And they also found that face masks have the, uh, with titanium dioxide present in them means that they're highly carcinogenic. So this is quite concerning that we can't have a conversation about this. And why is it happening? I have no idea. I think that people are still quite fearful of COVID and, um, and it could be a form of division yet again. The, the the issue for me, I had COVID or what was claimed to be COVID and it wasn't nice. I recovered and most people did. But my issue was that the masks themselves could produce secondary issues. You alluded to this. I didn't know about the impurities, but it seemed to me that in terms of particulate matter, with all that rubbing on your face and everything, you'll be ingesting particulate matter. And the, the London mayor, who I don't really have much faith in uh, because he doesn't seem to understand much of any science uh, it goes on and on and on about particulate matter but seems to ignore the fact that if you have a, a piece of matter on your face that can disintegrate you can be breathing in particulates or well, is that not very scientific i was speaking with our team today about this topic and they brought up a really i think important point if you look at the n95 mask it was designed to uh, I guess, protect us 95% of dust, which miners would use. Now, if you look at, and, and the example that we used was um, when a when a car, you know, when a spray, sorry, the painter that sprays cars, when they, when they use uh, a mask, they use the respiratory masks that don't let any particles come in. So after they've actually finished spraying a car, you can see the paint is you know on, on certain parts of the body but not there so it's it's quite interesting that they think that the n95 mask would actually protect um and also remember nick cotsworth who was the deputy chief medical officer is on record saying that there isn't an, a need to be alarmed so this is the chief medical network the debt sorry the deputy chief medical deputy officer is saying that he was he was speaking on 2GB today. The, uh, the the big the fundamental question here is what should we do? Should we let COVID or comparable pandemics just run their course, accepting that the world's in a continuous state of pandemic when it comes to the common cold? Like you said, you um, you survived COVID yourself. I survived COVID too. And fear is the problem here. I think people need to um, really get a hold of their fear here. And there are plenty, plenty of treatments out there now for COVID. And I think if somebody feels that they need to wear a mask, they can wear a mask. But if somebody doesn't want to wear a mask, they should also be free not to wear a mask. So I think this division is a big 
big point of view, I think it needs to be stopped. And and secondly, the treatments. There's so many treatments. People shouldn't be scared. And if if you are in that category of um, that you you're, you're worried, I think that there are a lot of preventative um, protocols that we can take in now that can help. Uh, so uh, on this occasion, actually, uh, treatment is better than prevention. Well, both. You can prevent and you can treat. So, for example, what what are you doing? Are you, how are you stopping, I guess, yourself from, from getting COVID again? Well, the answer to that question is I wouldn't. I just get it. As far as I'm concerned, the biggest mistake I made, one of the biggest mistakes of my life, was taking the third vaccine because I had a very bad reaction to it. And I still deal with it to an extent in terms of blood pressure issues, which seems seems to me directly related to that third vaccine. So I would rather be ill and get better knowing that my body has a rough idea of how to sort itself out. I'm sorry to hear that. Did you, um, with, with your side effects that you're experiencing now, are you are you getting treatment for it? Um, uh, I found out that a, an exercise regime, primarily swimming, has has dealt with it. It manages it in an ironic way. It's, I'm probably healthier now because I go swimming a lot. But uh, before, because of that third injection, which first caused the, caused the hallucinogenic reaction and some very other strange things, and rather curiously restored my sense of smell. It's very odd. A very odd few days leading to quite a few weeks of trouble. Uh, after that, then I just noticed that my blood pressure had gone up because I was measuring it a lot at the time. Um, but I haven't had any formal treatment, no. But I'm very interested in holistic treatments because I'd like to get whatever muck caused it out of my body. Is there such a thing? Is there a way to remove these, these I think they're called spikes? That's a very difficult question. However, there are treatments uh, available and they are personalised. We have in our network. We have oh, an extraordinary group of specialists and doctors who can help. Um, you know, people who are who are who are suffering, say post post COVID, and 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 fall into the category of like what you're going through. Because people like yourself, you know, you need a voice and you need to be heard and you need the treatment. So yes, people can come to our our site and we can connect you with the right the right person that that can deal with your specific problem well just remind us of the name of the site it's uh the australian medical network and it's www.australianmedicalnetwork.com we have treatment protocols available for um for people and we're rolling them out as as we go and we work with with the medical community to to map, to basically create them and develop them, and they're constantly being revised. So, uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that you've gone through that. I'm very likely to become one of your clients, <laughs> but not while I'm on air. Last question for you: uh, How far do you think the Australian authorities, which is really a test case for many Western authorities, how far do you think they can go? in terms of imposing the kind of lockdowns and restrictions that we've seen before? Look, if they've done it once, they could probably do it again. However, if we look at what's going on over in the rest of the world, you know, the, the Northern Hemisphere is going into winter and we're not seeing such extreme measures occurring. 
So I'm I'm quietly confident that that won't happen here. I think we have other pressing problems facing our economy at the moment, and I think mm-hmm. some that type of a measure would would not be a welcome response by many industries. Uh, thanks so much for your time. Uh, that's uh, Diana Dragomirovic. What do you feel? Would you follow a lockdown again if it was imposed upon you? Do you have faith that the authorities did it right the first time? Perhaps nature is the best way to get better. Uh, just one comment here I'll read to you. Mogden says 99.98% recovery rate from something never proved to exist. Listen to Kate Shemirani from yesterday, Lambert. Thank you for that. I will do. I won't do it just now, though. Coming up in the next hour, uh, we've got a packed program again. Uh, we'll be speaking to Gemma Cooper once again. Uh, then we will be going to Italy to speak to Luca Ceriso Valvo, who is... Uh, a space and solar physicist about the SpaceX launch at the weekend and then our weekly review of the news from the weekend with Neil Livis. It's all of that with me, Lempitopic, right here on TNT Radio.